Monday, October 16th on the Sleepers Podcast, coming to you live from a basement where we have five full topics today. I, I don't know. I was trying to make a joke about where I'm coming to you from. Cart's in Cali, and he just informed me that he's going to be in Cali for only like a few more hours, and then he's in Vegas, and then he's in Utah, like in some canyons, and then he's at a football game, and then he's back home like 10 days from now, I think. Is that accurately summarizing it? Uh, yeah, that about does it. Um, you know, for all the married folks out there, just know that when your wife turns 30, it's it's something special that's gonna happen. Okay. It, it ain't just it ain't just a regular hoopla, hoorah, happy birthday, little function. You need a blowout. You need something that's gonna make a make a splash. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm on the road making a splash. But at the same time, I there's there's way too much going on not to not to link up and have our episodes. The people need me. I know my wife needs me, but the people need me as well. So I got to make it. I got to make it work. The people need me is an incredible bar. That's some big time. I am who I am. They don't think I am who I am. Energy from AJ. Hey, the, these that. grapes are slapping too. By the way, I wasn't even going to ask. I assume this counts as your spread this morning. Just some purple grapes. Yeah, fire. More of a green grape guy, but these are these are hitting different right now. Just a bag of purple grapes. Yeah. I think you're mailing it in a little bit today. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I I can't expect higher. Like, you're you're on the move. You're mobile. But, um, yeah, that's like a D-minus bit, I feel like, compared okay. to your other bit. Your I'll other bits have been I'll, good. Yeah, I'll remember that. Your other bits have been good. Uh, I'll remember that. Hey, this is going to be a, an interesting little episode here because we literally couldn't cut down our topics to three topics today. So because of that, we're going to fly through the comment section on the front end of this and uh, no one big thing. Sorry, Bigby, my bad. Like that's on us, I guess. Uh, But for today we have five very important topics to get to. And those five topics are uh, Jade Naps went crazy. You know, we have to talk about that 46 points in a scrimmage. Does it matter? Does it not? Ken Palm numbers are out. That's exciting. There's also some pretty big discrepancies between what the national consensus is and what Ken Palm says. And we know Cart's not the biggest Ken Palm guy, even though he's a friend of the sleepers. Uh, Michigan State football is actively collapsing, and now they have to play Michigan. Kate Hauser didn't make his debut, and he looked all right. Uh, Jace Richardson, Michigan State bound. We got a Jace in, in Spartan green and white, a legacy guy. Cart's going to tell us how to feel. Uh, Liam McNeely is in Bloomington. Well, like, we have to talk about all five of those things. So we're going to talk about all five of those things. Five segments for you today. First, though, Carter Elliott's comment of the day. Uh, my comment on this one goes to Dab Dabney Offenheimer. And this is on a, actually a Liam McNeely video that we did a little bit ago. So I think it's funny to say if he's canceled the Texas visit, as you guys say, then he's going to go to Kansas 100%. There's no chance he doesn't. Bill Self is just too strong of recruiting in the state of Indiana. Michael Woodson, scary. Scary man, maybe. Possibly. Is scary. Frightening, one might say. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I thought that comment was pretty fitting given the situation. I've been thinking about going as Mike Woodson for Halloween because he's so frightening right now. But then I started thinking about the logistics of me dressing up as Mike Woodson. And I feel like it opens the door for some problems. Yeah. Also, also I'm picturing you with Mike Woodson goatee facial hair. That kind of be hilarious. Maybe you should do this. 
I mean, it could work. We could do uh what if every Halloween you and I are different Big Ten coaches? I feel like you could pull off Woodson pretty well. And uh I could I don't know, uh, Fran. I could probably do Fran. You could be a Fran. I think I could be Shaka. Honestly, I'd make a good Shaka. You would make a good Shaka? <laughs> yeah, I just throw the polo on with the long sleeve underneath. I got the curly hair. I can make the Shaka work. Yeah, that's pretty fair, actually. Um, you're a lot taller than Shaka, though. Yeah, true. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Juan? Yeah. Could be Juan. Could be. <laughs> whatever he does punching people let's go straight to the discord uh i was scrolling through this morning trying to figure out how many of these comments are actual comments because we gave some direction to the discord and said tag at sleepers media if you want us to read it on the show move the other banter to the banter channel in the discord well i was hit with about 150 comments discussing the best way to be served steak over the weekend this started with Ethan Basilla saying, Greg, I don't know why you just strike me as a guy who gets medium well steak. First of all, accurate. Great read by you. Second of all, we don't need like the steak. Like I'm all for the steak discussion. Move it to banter. We don't need that in the comments thread. So uh, because of the sake of time, uh, I'm going to fly through this as much as I can. I'm only reading anything that someone actually tags at Sleepers Media in this. Uh, but real quick, do you want to comment on the steak conversation? I, d- I just hate the hierarchy of steak people they're like in top five hierarchy to me like you know like ipa drinkers we spoke on a little bit earlier in a couple episodes the steak hierarchy people like fall in that same category to me if i order a steak i don't care what kind of steak it is i want a one with my steak like i don't i don't care if i'm disrespecting the chef i just want to eat my steak how i want to eat my steak and i just don't think that eating steak should be an accessory to a higher lifestyle i feel like people eat steaks they look down on other people like relax it's just a steak I think my largest food takeaway is I don't think anyone should like explicitly blanket statement across the board, be like, this is how you should eat something like everyone can eat their things their own way. Right. Like, I don't I don't care how you like your steak. I don't care. I just know how I like my steak. Right. Like, and, But there's definitely like a contingent of like, screw you. You're eating steak the wrong way, people. <laughs> do, do you eat ketchup with your steak? No. No. Okay. You're not a sauce guy, right? Um, I mean, some sauces, but yeah, in general, no, I don't like I don't like salad dressing pretty much across the board. That's crazy. So you just so are you just eating like salad, just plain lettuce? Yeah. Croutons. That's crazy. I mean croutons in multiple forms of cheese, maybe like a little shredded parm, little uh yeah, that's yeah. no dressing is in is a wild move, it's, my friend. But it's it's more about consistency, the flavor. I don't like wet foods. Like Okay. Other that than makes like sense. soup, if I'm if I'm eating soup, then fine. But I don't know. Yeah, All right, let's let's move on. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. The no dressing thing has me has me absolutely knocked off my pivot right now. Like, are yeah, you a rabbit? Not. You're also uh, okay. <laughs> um, are you a little banged up this morning? You seem a little uh, like have a big Sunday night in Cali. You seem oh, like no, actually, the voice no. is raspy, like a little. Not at all. Okay. I'm just wondering. It's 7.30 a.m. local time. I figured maybe you had a night. No. I, I mean, I'm definitely a little fatigued, but, like, not not, not banged up, no. Hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate you FaceTiming me for a shot on Saturday night. I enjoyed that very much. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good, 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 newsletter, good newsletter week. 
Oh, yeah. It was a good newsletter week. Four and one. I said I would bring my A game. I brought an A game intro. I really put the three wise men on the spot. I can't believe they brought Murr to the function. And then I went four and one and honestly could have been five and oh if Rutgers just had that dog in them instead of playing for a field goal. They decided to take knees like 20 yards backwards and run the clock out, even though they shouldn't have ran the clock out. But I'll take four and one. I'm happy with that. We'll move. Here we go. Back to, back to the comments. Fam starts us off today. He says, elite comment from Cart with the overnight O. It's very underrated. I look forward to the day he breaks out the griddle and preps a farmer's breakfast live on the show. Well, fam, sorry for you. He had a bag of purple grapes today. That's the amount of effort that Carter put in. Okay. I, I hear the noise. I hear the noise. I just know that. I hear the noise. You'll be in Vegas tomorrow. There's plenty of opportunity of ways you could chef up a Vegas breakfast, I feel like. Also, oh, Vegas yeah. is like when I envision where you are most at home, like where your soul belongs, I think of Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I like that. Like, I think my soul's home is like Traverse City, Michigan, and your soul's home is just Vegas. Vegas... I have Vegas takes, but I don't really want to get into them. Let's 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 keep it moving. All right, all right, all right. Travis Nelson says Carter just refusing to pick Purdue kills me. I do love Riley coming in though and picking MSU because we know there's no bias in the pick. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little in there. Boom fizzle. Boom fizzle adds on. He says watching Carter squirm at having to talk about Purdue gives me so much life. Okay, I mean, I guess I'm glad that Purdue fans can find some joy in the fact that I have had to spend. A whole offseason doing nothing but speaking good things about Purdue because no other Michigan State fan will. Travis Nelson says, never forget the Bayheim's accident that he missed zero games and coached the next game three days later and got a standing ovation before playing Zion's Duke team. That's some nasty business going on in the basketball world really all nice. around. It's a bad look. I want to be a Syracuse fan so badly, too. Like That was like my, my heart squad all throughout high school and college and became difficult as time wore on and Jim Beheim started stacking up murders. Uh, <laughs> shit. Melba uh, comes in to tell us how to pronounce Cam Heidi's last name. He, she says it is Heidi, uh, not Hyde. Although I don't think that's confirmed because other people are telling us Hyde. Uh, moving forward, can we just call him Cameron? And like, they'll know we're talking about him. Isn't it Cam Din though? We don't even oh, know is it first time. Oh, I think it's Cam Din. Okay, that just threw me for an hour. All right, we're screwed. We just got to figure it out. CH, does that work? I don't think he earned. I don't think he earned the single letter initial name. Yeah, you're right. Just Cam. Yeah, just call him Cam. We'll go with Cam. Tristan Freeman, busting bracket says, "I get it. I get it completely. I can't be the ACC correspondent because I don't have a kid. I can't be sleeper the week because I don't have a kid. I can't be your list maker because I don't have a kid. I can't be a Chuck E. Cheese all day because I don't have a kid. I cannot commit welfare fraud because I don't have a kid. By the end of the month, I will have a kid. I, I the uh, that's an uh, the math doesn't match up. I'm not sure Chris Tristan knows this, but." You know, usually pregnancies last like nine months. <laughs> Not to project too much, but I feel like if Tristan was involved in a pregnancy, I don't think it would last nine months. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I'm what not trying. Mean? To, I'm not trying to get dark. I just feel like knowing like his diet, like all of his health related 
performance in this. Like, I feel like this baby would just be like a 13 month pregnancy for some reason. Like that's what you get when you're 90% Mountain Dew in your veins. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I can't push back on that. That makes sense. It would just be unorthodox. Guy comes in and says, ain't no way. The one time I'm not in Cali, Cart decides to pull up. Cart, we got a link next time. Where do you think Guy was if he wasn't in California and you were? I don't know. I, I'm i really starting to get a bit frustrated that I don't know more about Fam. You mean Guy? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought Fam said the same thing in the comments. Oh, that was Guy. Oh, uh, well, if I'm – if I – if I read his email correctly, when he first reached out to us, like Cali's huge. Like I think I'm still like five hours from guy. Maybe from like where we are in Cali. I still don't really understand California. I gotta be honest. I've been there once and uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's, it's more massive than you think. Like you can, it's, I mean, you think of like Michigan, like you go up North, like you can drive like eight hours and still be in Cali. Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing to me. I don't know why I, I can't tell if I like it yet. Like, it's objectively a great state, but, like, I don't know if it's for me. I also only went to L.A., like, Hollywood Boulevard, when I was in Cali. It wasn't wasn't my scene, really. Yeah, there's a lot of other places to go. Yeah. Uh, Okay, moving on. Fam requests he needs a Jace Richardson-themed breakfast for today's show. Uh, Is that what that was? Was that some sour grapes, Cart? Hey. No, it wasn't, but I was about to fake like it was because you really gave me the opportunity to do so. I think I'll bring a Jace Richardson themed breakfast this week, though, um, and I'll let you know. And I'll let you know what breakfast it is. Interesting. Okay, Travis Nelson comes in. He's got a a screenshot that Kyle Austin posted on Twitter, and uh, it's Michigan State's depth chart for the next four seasons. Travis says, "I don't want to get ahead of myself with this team coming up, but let's say Hogard, Aikens, Madi are all likely gone. Is next year's team good?" Still could get Bryson Tucker or more if those three leave, but what do you guys think? I, I think that team will be good. I do think they'll be good, but I do think they'll be very young, and I think that Izzo would be forced to grab someone from the portal. I think like a older, uh, bigger wing, I think he would have to grab someone from the portal like that um, just because I think the team would be very young. It would be young. I can't really wrap my mind around the scenario that all three of those guys are gone, though. I don't. I don't think there's any chance all three of those guys are gone. He said AJ Jaden and and Body. Like there to me, there is not a world at all that all three are gone. I think at worst two are gone, but even that's pretty. Like I think I think you're getting two of those three back. I really do. Yeah, I I do too. For sure, one. 100% getting one of them back. Yeah, at minimum one. Like, where, where sorry, where is Madi going to go? That's, yeah, I think we're getting Madi back 100%. Well, and at, whether you think that's a good or bad thing, we can talk about it. But, like, where is it? Would he really want to sign a portal center or would he do fifth year Madi Sissoko? He would do fifth year Madi Sissoko. Uh, yes. Aikens, Aikens and Hogart again, where are they going? Like, uh, AJ. Is they're both going to have great seasons. I get it, but like, if if it becomes a thing where Jaden's like, I gotta go, like, and he you if you know Jaden Akins is gone, you beg AJ to come back for his fifth year, and AJ yeah. does come back for his fifth year, and if if Jaden says he'll play without AJ, then you let AJ go and you keep Jaden. You're gonna get one of those two back. Yeah. 
So let's not look at a scenario where all three are gone. It won't and, happen. And they're and you're going to be nasty, by the way. Like that's, I I don't even want to like. Oh, are they going to be good? Yeah, you're going to be nasty. You're going to be nasty because you're going to get a couple of these guys back, and the sophomore class is going to be incredible. Um, scrolling down here. I'm trying to ignore everything that doesn't have a sleepers media comp. G comes in. He says, what's the best comp for Jace Richardson? I've been following his recruitment, but just recently watched the highlights. He looks pretty dynamic, capable of scoring at all three levels. How excited should MSU be? MSU fans be with a class of him, Tang, and McCulloch? Hmm. I have a hard time thinking of like a Jace Richardson comp, to be honest with you. And I don't want to be, I don't want to throw out a disrespectful one or one that's just completely over the top either. So I asked for an episode to come back with a, a real Jace Richardson comp for you. Um, he's like a, he's, he's an undersized guard though. That's what I, that's what I, I don't think people understand. I don't necessarily think he's a point guard, but I also don't think he's a two, but he's about six, three, but he does have some actually sneaky athleticism. He's more athletic than I actually thought. Um, so I, I, I'll, I'll come with an actual comp uh tomorrow but uh definitely a good ad i think that's what michigan state fans should take away from it it's like not a bad ad but it's also not a program shifting ad ryan alliance said i've heard comparisons to rocket watts as a recruit i don't know how accurate it is fam said that's lazy but lazy but fair i have a different msu combo guard that i would like to make this comp for i think he's a higher pedigree travis trice i like that combo sneaky bounce a lot of his game is like pull up shots off the dribble. Like, I don't think it's a guy you expect year one to start for you, but by year four, if he's there, he could be your best or second best player. Yeah, I like it. I, it it's more so for me what I, I don't want to get too deep because we're going to talk about it later, but uh, fit is going to be something I'm looking for, Jace, and moving forward with the roster. All right. Yeah. Let's save it for the segment then. Booby says Sleepers Media Day five. Virginia forward, Ryan Dunn. Dunn has elite athleticism and is such a versatile piece for Tony Bennett. He really has DeAndre Hunter potential. I like Ryan Dunn a lot. I really do. I was actually hoping that he would <laughs> he would transfer out of Virginia. I thought that, that I thought that, that was gonna be the vibe. I thought like everybody would want him. Teams would tamper with him. Like if he was in the portal, you would have seen all the blue blood programs after him. Uh, but he's a really good player. He is. Yeah, Andre Hunter potential is a really high bar. I'll just say that. I uh, I don't think I'm as high on Ryan Dunn as you guys are, but we'll see. He's got a chance. Ulamog says, sleeper of the week. Drum roll, please. Goes to Ryan the Lion for driving discussions all week with the horde of Purdue fans on Matt Painter and even arguing with the lone Michigan fan on Juwan Howard. Honorable mention to Coy for all the hard work, assigning roles and name colors. Appreciate him stepping up. I, I like how he framed that as driving conversation about Matt Painter. <laughs> I, I would I would I would say disrespecting Matt Painter. What's uh? I, first of all, I love the pick though. Like shout out to Ryan Lyon for probably being the most active, most engaged member of the community this week. Um, also shout out to Ulamog for like going there and naming Ryan Lyon sleeper of the week. Like on all ends of the spectrum of roles within this community, you can receive recognition for playing your A game, whatever your A game is. Uh, I want to give some shout outs to a couple sleepers community members real quick, if you don't mind car, because Please. shockingly, this was crazy in the last week. Like we've had, we've had a lot of like help from people kind of unprompted 
in ways that really mean a lot to us in trying to help grow this. And uh, I just want to shout some of them out quick. I, I hope they're not upset with me for like revealing that they've actually done this for us. But first of all, Koi uh, really taking on the admin roles and like, and just crushing it. He's making the discord such a better user experience. We have no idea what we're doing. And uh, Koi is making it really easy. He's just telling me what he needs. I give it to him and he's making it better. So Koi, appreciate you. You're day one uh, and you're really helping this. Uh, Ulamog also playing like moderator role in here. Shout out to you. You really matter in this community. That's big time. But then two that went above and beyond for me this week, man. Keith Johnson sent us an email. That, uh, it, it, I I want to say it's the best email I've ever received in my life, but it's just like thoughts on how to grow sleepers as a business. And it's so well thought out and you can tell he put real time into this. And I think he even said it. He's like, I don't know why I care so much about this, but I do. That's special. That's powerful. And uh, it means a lot that anyone out there feels that way about being invested in us succeeding. And uh, no doubt, if we do get to where we want to go, you're the biggest part of that. Like everybody listening to this is, but Keith, like that is not lost on us, man. So shout out to you. And then uh final one as well. Um, Fam was directly with me, sending me some, some write-ups on how to approach advertisers like it really making it easy on me, almost giving me like a cover letter here. This is what you need to send. You guys should be able to get this, reach out to these people. So uh, again, cannot express how thankful and uh, really humbled I am that there are people that listen to the show that are so invested in the growth of it. You guys have helped us a ton. Our DMS are always open. If you have ways to improve the show or ways to improve our business as sleepers media, we open that with open arms and uh, we love it. So thank you. Sleepwalkers to the moon. Uh, okay, I think that's it today. Yeah, I think that's it. Those are all the comments. Shout out to everybody. Join the Discord link in the description. Again, it's $9.99 a month. You want to get in there before college basketball season signs up. And uh, I'm still figuring out. I'm going to move some of my daily pick stuff behind the Discord. So if you're listening to this, like looking forward to the gambling stuff, and you're not in the Discord yet, you're going to want to get in there, my friends. $9.99 a month. Join it. Uh, it supports us. We appreciate it. Let's get to the topics today. Karn, I want you to pick where we start today because we have five great topics. Do you want to jump into the recruits with Jace or with Liam? Do you want to start with the, the frustrations of Michigan State football? Do you want to come at Ken Palm? Or do you want to talk about an Illinois point guard that's not with Illinois? Let's talk about the frustrations of Michigan State football. Start Let's on do a that. negative note. I like it. All right. Yeah. Michigan State football blows just a, a, a game they can't blow straight up. They were up. I believe 24 to six against Rutgers by all accounts. It was a sloppy, confusing, messy rain splattered game. But I think Michigan state was dominating that rain splattered game <laughs> through three quarters. Mm -hmm. Like they were making the big plays in the big moments. They were the ones limiting mistakes. Caton Hauser made his debut. I mean, first drive marches this team down the field gets in the end zone I thought he had some shaky moments after that, but all in all for a first performance in the rain on the road, Caton Hauser gave your football team chances to win. And then this football team did what this football team has done. No matter who is playing quarterback, they just shot themselves in the face six times in a row. Like it, it does not matter. We've thought like, what if you drop Caleb Williams on this team? 
who knows? Like, Kayla Williams isn't going to stop the special teams unit from doing what they did against Rutgers in this game. And, uh, I, I mean, they just blew the game straight up. It snowballed. You could see Harlan Barnett on the sidelines. Like, just it, – it's like you saw them recover that fumble in the end zone. And you knew what was going to happen. So, uh, there's been a lot of dialogue on this. We're like three days late on this. I know a lot of people put content out on Saturday. We waited until Monday to try to collect our thoughts. But um, I think the big question, Michigan is a week away. Is this the lowest point it can go for Michigan State football? Yeah, it is. It is because we could lose 50 to nothing uh, Saturday, and I wouldn't be surprised. And Michigan State alternate line plus or minus 38 is, is going to find a way to be placed. This football team is just unbelievably – I don't know what – word to use uh because embarrassing doesn't feel like enough but it's just like come on that I, I i found myself watching the game and i was just in shock and awe about like the travesty that was unfolding between like right before my eyes like you have the pump formation to legal formation to repunting again that leads to a missed punt fumble touchdown for uh ruckers and then I, I have in my life, I watched a lot of college football and football. I've never seen something like that, that kickoff where we just let it bounce and they got an onside kick recovery on their own 20. And then we just got punched in the mouth repeatedly by this running back for Rutgers. I mean, I think he had 109 yards rushing in the fourth quarter alone. But all, I mean, we didn't even have a chance to be on the field. We literally just gave them the game. And it, it was a demoralizing loss. It really was. I wasn't able to bounce back all day Saturday. And uh, just when I thought like it couldn't get lower, I think that's it. That was the lowest point. That That's the lowest point of Michigan State football that I think will happen moving forward until a new coach is hired and improvements are made and the program is shifted because this is like a really bad football team. And, and I think, you know, you can point at the, maybe the talent of the team. Obviously, I don't know if they have guys like other teams have. But not only is it like a guy's thing, it's also a they do things bad football teams do. Like they beat themselves. They find ways to lose games. I feel like I'm watching the old Lions that like they find some way. They find new ways to lose football games. And as of late, it's been special teams mistakes, which is just it's 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 such a it's a it's a mental thing with with uh, special teams mistakes. So. I don't think this football team can get any lower at this point at my, at myself as a fan, this is the lowest I've ever felt. I think as a Michigan state football fan, and I don't think it's an overreaction either. I truly think this is the lowest with everything going on and then how we're losing football games. Yeah. I I mean, this game felt like the one moment in the season where there were still going to be things at stake. Like if you could have won this football game or let's just say it was 20, uh, 24 to six, right. If they just hold, uh, say they tie the fourth quarter and they win that game by 18 points, then I think the fan base is at least reinvigorated to the point of like, okay, there's still a bowl game on the table here. Like this team showed what they can do both this season and in the future, potentially like some of the future pieces finally got a shot. Caten Hauser being the biggest one. And there's still things to play for. Now you lose this game in the fashion you did. It's clear. Everybody wants Many of the members of this coaching staff gone. Many will be gone. As soon as they hire somebody else, that person's going to come in and clean house. The players are going to leave. Like it, it, We're just in purgatory, right? Because it's going to be a transition at the end of the season, no matter what. And now you've crossed the point of no return for this season where there isn't really anything to play for, in my opinion. And that's, 
I mean, I know I'll get flack for that. Like you're playing Michigan. Obviously you have something to play for, but let's be completely honest. This team's not making a bowl game. They still have to play Penn state, Ohio state and Michigan. If you lose those three games, no matter what you do outside of it, you're going five and seven and the season's over. So like, that's really tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Had you won this game in your three and three, you're sitting there saying we can still get to six and six, even without beating three of the top eight teams in the country. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Michigan? Cause I, I do think it's, it's critical timing that they play Michigan in East Lansing next week. You got Kate in the one star. I think our, our Kate in projections, even though you and I have been on opposite sides of this, my projection from a couple of weeks ago about how this would go down seemed pretty on point. Like it was like, you're not going to throw him to the wolves at Kinnick. You're going to give him the bye week and then you're going to roll him out at Rutgers. Hope he gets his feet under him before Michigan. That's essentially how this played out. And he looked all right. Like he, he at least is a guy that like maybe could inspire some hope in an individual way against Michigan, but Michigan open, I believe has 24 point favorites, which is insane. What do you make of that game? I'm all over Michigan minus 24. Michigan, I like, Michigan doesn't cover big spreads like that much though. I just, I, I think that I think Michigan is a good football team though. And I think that they, can pounce on teams that make mistakes and Michigan state's going to make mistakes. That's just who this football team is. That's what they do. Um, I mean, and I'll tell you right now, the Michigan DBs aren't dropping passes that are going to be thrown to them. Like Caton threw some, some really tough passes that I thought should have been picked off. And also he just seemed to have a knack to throw a lot of contested throws and contested throws aren't going to work against like Will Johnson's of the world and Mike Samuels of the world. Like, it's going to get really, really – it could get really out of hand very quickly. And if it does get out of hand, Michigan's not going to stop either. Like, they – this is going to be a run-it-up type situation. So, this could get very, very ugly very quickly. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers, Kyle Manungai had 24 carries for 148 yards in this game in the rain when they couldn't get much going through the air. Like, I think Michigan is going to be able to run right through this defense. Um, Also, like – we don't need to make this a Michigan segment, but Michigan's really, really good. Like this is the best version of Michigan football that they've had. And I, they've obviously had great teams in the last four years, but like this is like senior quarterback, fifth year Heisman candidate running back. Defense is legit. They've held every team to 10 points or less. Like they're just, they're a, put the foot on the pedal and just leave it on the gas for 60 minutes every Saturday team. Like yeah. when you put a bad football team against this Michigan team, they just steamroll them. It's happened every time they've played a bad, and they've played six bad football teams. They haven't played a team yeah. pulse yet. So um, yeah. unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be much difference here. Uh, let me ask you this on Kate and then we can move on. You were on the optimistic side for Kate. You convinced me that it was time he needed to start. And uh, you were hopeful there was some higher ceiling there than what we saw from Noah Kim. Was this better or worse for your future projection for Kate? And I don't want an evaluation of what he did in this game, but based on what you saw, does this make you feel better or worse about the possibility that Kate should be the guy long-term? I think it makes me feel better. I think it makes me feel better about it. Um, I definitely think he showed some things and made some plays. Um, physically, also, I think he just has a, a – I, I think he has more of an advantage physically than people give him credit for with Noah Kim. Like, Noah Kim was said to be, like, the more running, uh, elusive guy. Caden's truly actually not that bad uh, and is also a bigger body, and I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for. 
Um, I, me and you talked about it offline, how I felt about this game coming in. I thought it was going to be either fluky in a good way or fluky in a bad way just because of the weather and everything like that. And you saw that in this game. I thought there were some good passes uh, by Caden, but also like uh, Maryland dropped two picks I, that I can remember. And some things went his way. Um, but I, I think overall, I feel good about thinking that Caden gives this team a higher ceiling. And, I, and that's not saying that it's like it's giving it's going to force this football team to wins or honestly even force this team to compete. But I think just apples to apples comparison. I see I saw more with Caden, I think, than I have with Kim in his, in his starts. Yeah, I, I tweeted this out, but it can be simultaneously true that it's obvious Caton should be given the keys. And also, Caton didn't play very well. And regardless, it doesn't matter because I truly, I truly believe the rest of this team is so bad and so inept in so many different places that it doesn't matter how good the quarterback is. And Michigan State doesn't have a guy who can like single-handedly drag a team to be something they're not. I said it a couple of weeks ago. It's really hard to be a quarterback of a bad football team because even if you do play well in your individual role, there's just so many things around you. There's 11 guys in the field at all times. And um, certainly the the guys around the whoever plays quarterback for this team do not make it easy on the quarterback to win football games. Um, yeah. Now, with that said – I don't think Hayden was good in this game. Like I 100% think he should be given the keys. He showed the promise. And the thing that intrigues me most is on the ground. Like, I think you're right. I think he is really elusive. I think you can do some design run stuff with him. That looks really, really smooth. Um, I get some Rocky Lombardi vibes to him, which like, I mean, Rocky Lombardi beat Michigan pretty much single-handedly because he's a feisty little quarterback. But uh, like if this, do you think this was Caden's like C game? Like, do you think this was where was this on the A to F scale for Caden Hauser? I, I I would go like B minus. See, that's this is my problem. If Caden's actually going to be a good guy long term, I would hope that you would say this was his F game. F. I mean, he threw for four yards per completion and had three balls that should have been picked. One of them should have been an obvious pick six. Like I I thought through the air. He was horrendous in this football game. Uh, that's horrendous. I mean, it was four yards per completion card. He threw for a hundred thirty-three yards. Like I know, but it like I I just don't know if we can judge a guy through the air in a game that's a monsoon. I guess it just. I mean, it, it, I guess I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't give a grade. Okay, I'm fine saying incomplete, but I can promise you, can can promise you if. That exact performance was done by a different quarterback in that room. The online narratives are much different about it. We've got already beat writers with cut up film of these should have been three pick sixes. He's not giving the team a chance to win. And uh, meanwhile, Caton was given the ball with multiple chances to win this game in the fourth and nothing happened. So, um, yeah, well, I'd also like to um, throw out there that uh, Jay Johnson does his team absolutely no favors at all. I don't, I don't know if it's because he's sitting in the booth calling the plays, but I don't think he realized that it was an absolute monsoon and maybe you shouldn't be throwing 15 yard out routes to the sideline when you, when it's a torrential downpour. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I am team clean house. I just think cleaning house includes cleaning out Kaden Hauser. Um, that is my hope as a Michigan state football fan. We'll see, but upsides there. 
We'll see what he does against Michigan next week in East Lansing. I'm going to be there, by the way. Did I tell you that? Yeah, you did tell me that. Uh, I don't remember telling you that. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> you did tell me that. Uh, uh, what does Caden have to do to get a, a 15 second segment of you? Or what does he have to do to, at the end of the game, you'd be like, maybe Caden is the guy? Well, I. That's the thing is I think I'm simultaneously saying he is the guy, but also he's not good. Oh, <laughs> he, got you. Okay. He, like right. he is the guy. He's he's he clearly should be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. This team. Okay. Well, what about what does he have to do to be, you be like he's good? Or does that have to be like multiple games? Or do you have to see multiple things? Or, or have you seen enough? Or, or, or have you seen enough? I won't say I've seen enough because it's still a small sample size. And you're right. The weather was bad. But. I think every time we've seen Caton, he's thrown the ball to the other team. And that was the issue everyone was mad about with Noah Kim, but nobody's mad about it with Caton. So, which I guess is kind of like MSU Twitter's original point was like, if we're going to make mistakes, no matter what, play the guy with the upside, which is fair. But I, I just think like, yeah. like Caton is literally trying to throw picks every game. And, yeah. but no, but Kim was actually throwing them. I, it, again, I mean, Mar- Maryland did drop. I mean, they dropped them, but well, that's they dropped we, them. So let, I mean, I'm can, sorry, not Mar- uh, Rutgers. We can use the weather as an excuse against Kate, and we can also use it as an excuse for Kate. Because if the weather wasn't bad, all three of those are picked. Um, Maybe but they're I, when the weather isn't bad. We'll see what happens, man. I like. <laughs> can he get in the end zone once against Michigan? I think that would be impressive. Uh, okay, maybe no, probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's my favorite part. Then I, I, the I, I think I think MSU team total under is probably the bet of the bet of the year. Whatever, if it's anything under ten, take it. What's Caton's line look like a week from now when we come on here the Monday after the Michigan Michigan State game? How many yards? How many touchdowns? How many interceptions? Uh, two hundred fifteen yards, two picks, one rushing touchdown. I think that would be a fantastic performance from Caden. If he does that, I will come back on here and say he <laughs> I really will. Let's move on. Uh, let's do a couple of recruiting updates. Let's start with your boy on some positive Michigan State news. Jace Richardson is green and white. Trilly Donovan broke the news over the weekend. Uh, this comes as a surprise to me because, again, you're my Michigan State source. But as little as 24 hours ago, it was, we all expect Alabama. Was it, we all expect Alabama because you were trying to manifest Alabama here? Or like, what, did something flip in this recruitment last minute that led him to Michigan State? No, no, it was truly, uh, Alabama was said to be the lean. Like, that was what everyone was saying. Um, I did a pre-write for a commitment uh, for Jace Richardson to Michigan State. And even when I was talking with the editor, he was like, yeah, it, it's looking like an Alabama lean, but because he hasn't confirmed or anything like that, just go ahead and just throw a pre-write out there just in case he commits. So it it, it came it came of a surprise, I think, to most people uh, until Trilly himself dropped the Tom Izzo gif, which sent Michigan State Twitter into a into a whirlwind. But yeah, it was it was really said to be a, um, a Alabama lean for the most part coming into the final hour, and then you know. The the Michigan State Tom Izzo gonna be able to coach a son and a father, which is a crazy thing in itself. And uh, yeah, Michigan State was able to get a, a commitment from Jace Richardson, and 
what I want to say about it is it, it's a good commitment. It is like I, I feel like I've seen some people not excited about getting Jace. And I think that's that's that should be far from the truth. It's it's a huge win that when you're able to get a highly rated kid like Jace Richardson to commit to your program. I think the real concerns that come with this are just how is he going to fit with the other team members uh, as far as just game wise, not like anything that he is as a person. But I'm talking about next season looking forward. I look at it as Jeremy Fears has the ball in his hands at all times. You yourself just compared him to Jace Richardson, to Travis Trice. Travis Trice did best when he had the ball in his hands. I don't know necessarily how much Jace can have the ball in his hands if Jeremy Fears has the ball in his hands. You know what I'm saying? Like when you compare Michigan State players, Tom Izzo threw out the uh, Jeremy Fears is the next coming of Mateen. Well, you don't take the ball out of Mateen's hands and when you want to win basketball games. So I think the dynamic will be interesting. Um, but also I think Jace is a player. He does so many things. He doesn't necessarily do one thing great, but he does a lot of, he does a lot of good things all around. So, you know, maybe he can fit next to a guy like Jeremy Fears. I think it'd be interesting to see, but uh, definitely a recruiting win. And the, the, what what is it? The tired or the wired angle. Here's my, here's my wired angle. We, out recruited Alabama and NATO's for a guard. It's a huge win. I want I want that. I want that in the in the in the in the headline. Yeah, it's a huge win. I was looking at the depth chart for the next couple of years. And I think this is a really important ad for a couple reasons. One, because I like Jace's game. Two, because I think this is the healthiest that Michigan State's depth chart has been in a very long time. And that's not like disrespect to this program or anything, but like in the last five years, even on some of the good teams cart, there have been depth guys that have needed to play that don't belong on a big 10 basketball court. That's been the truth. Mm. Like one, one of Izzo's issues in the last decade has been his inability to string multiple good classes together. Like he'll land the elite class and then he'll take two cycles off. That has been a, a repeated pattern from Tom Izzo's recruitment cycles in the last 10 years. What he's doing right now is following up the elite class of Fears and Booker and Carr and Norman with a pretty damn good class. Like, I think Kurt Tang is going to be an instant impact guy. I think Jace Richardson and McCulloch are like guys that can play. Like, like I, I think this team, they might not need them to play because I think they're going to be really deep, at least next year. But, um, like, this is becoming a roster where you go 10, 11 guys down, and the 10th and 11th guys are no longer, no offense, but they're no longer Pierre Brooks. They're no longer Foster Lawyer. They're no longer these guys that did not belong, clearly. And um, I, I've been on record that I think next year is the special year for Michigan State. That's not disrespectful to this year's team. We're going to talk about Ken Palm rankings, but there's a, a big gulf between what the computers say, how good Michigan State will be, and how some of the national consensus just from writers is. I still think like if you can get a roster where you get one of Hogarth or Aikens back and the sophomore class is all back, I think that's the most talented roster Michigan State's had in a really long time. I know you lose Tyson Walker. That's huge. But I love the makings of like 
Jeremy Fears gets the keys and senior Jay Nakins is finally at his right position. And Kurt Tang's a perfect shooter and Carr and Booker are ready for the NBA by next year. And like, now you've got Garrett Norman sniping off the bench. You've got Jace Richardson as a backup guard. Like I, I just think this team, this depth chart is in such a healthy spot. It's a credit to Tom Izzo. It's a testament to Tom Izzo, quite frankly, that, I mean, it's insane that Jason Richardson's son is going to go play for top. Like, I think I read a stat that it was like Izzo had made the tournament four consecutive years when Jason Richardson was in East Lansing. Now it's 25 mm. consecutive years and, and his son's here. And that's awesome. Like there's nobody else in the country who can do that. Um, but my biggest thing is I really do think even within Michigan state fan circles, I think people are downplaying Jace's game and I don't fully know why. And I know we have a video on our own channel where we called out, like he got a boost because of who his dad is. He looked pretty good last night. He was, <laughs> he was on TV last night in the Florida showcase or whatever it was called. Like, the man can get to his spots and he can score in a variety of ways. And you're right. I don't know if he'll ever be like the point guard on this team, but the best teams in the country have multiple guards who can fill it up. And I think by the time he's an upperclassman, he'll definitely do that for Michigan state. Jason Wittens gave his heart and soul so that we can have bench players like a Jace Richardson, or we can have depth like this. There was a time on this very podcast where for weeks and months, we did nothing but yell into oblivion or yell into empty spaces that Tom wasn't or Coach Izzo wasn't filling the roster. Like Coach Izzo wasn't filling the roster with playable guys. Like we were coming into seasons with eight, seven or eight playable guys. He probably heard the noise, threw a little bourbon on the rocks on and said, okay, let me get to recruiting. I'm going to make this happen. And also, Jace probably isn't the final piece for this class either. I mean, there's we're in for some other guys. I still think Bryson Tucker is a, a pro lean, but there's some other guys that we're working on. Um, and then, you know, honestly, 2025 recruiting momentum is actually looking pretty solid as well. We're in on some pretty big guys there. So things are looking up for Michigan State. Uh, and in my heart and dreams, I would shed a tear watching a backcourt of Jeremy Ferris and Jay Nakins. It'd be so special. It'd be a spiritual experience. It really yeah. would. It's one of those things like you sometimes you just want to speak your own teams into existence. Like I did it a decade ago with, oh, I know I could get Burke and Stauskas together like for one year. That would be incredible. Like you just you want to see Jade Nakins at the two with Jeremy Fears at the one for a year. I don't care who else is around him. Just give me that for a year and everything will be good. Uh, do you want to go on record quickly uh, and apologize for uh, almost steering him to Alabama? Yes, I do. I do want to say that I, I'm sorry that my comments almost sent him straight to Tuscaloosa, but uh, I still stand by that. The comments that I said in that video were, I mean, pretty accurate and also positive about Jace. Um, you know, some things can be taken out of context, but I think it's uh, it's very exciting for Michigan State basketball. And also, I think it, it does a lot for me personally, because if he did go to Alabama, there actually were people that were going to blame me, which is crazy. Jay Rich, if you're watching this, Jace is going to be really, really good. Michigan State fans should be ecstatic about this ad. Uh, we are still going to make nepotism Jace jokes because that's a running thing from Jace Howard, Jawan Howard's kid. Just, just to be clear, that's not us personally attacking your son. Anyone who's the son of a famous person named Jace that plays Division One bat is going to get jokes from me. It, 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 is, is Jace Howard a junior this season? I think he's a senior this year, but he could come back again, though. If he comes back 
And I'm telling you, after the first game where Michigan plays Incarnate Word and Michigan State plays Grand Valley, and at the end of the first game, Jace Howard has more points on the season than Jace, you're going to see side-by-side comparisons. That's just that's, that, that's what this fan base – that's what the world of college basketball does. Honestly, we got to get our list guy guy on this. I want a weekly graphic of Jace versus Jace. I want to know who is the better Jace by the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, we got to wait two years for that until he gets to East Lansing. That wasn't the only needle moving big 10 commitment over the weekend. Carter, Liam McNeely has announced that he's going to Indiana. If you watch sleepers media on YouTube or listen to this podcast, you would have known about a month ago that it was highly likely Liam McNeely was going to end up at Indiana. Um, this is a huge ad. I hypothesized that this would be the biggest ad in big 10 basketball in 10 years if they were able to secure this commitment. I feel strongly that is the case. I think this is the moment that Indiana basketball is turning from a program that is always good, is always like in the mix. But as a a fan of a rival program, I'll call it what it is, I don't think Indiana basketball has had to be taken seriously under Mike Woodson. Now I'm taking them seriously. I'm looking forward and I'm seeing what this roster is going to look like in a year when Liam McNeely gets there. It's going to be loaded. This isn't the last big name that's going to end up in Bloomington. He has all the momentum in the world right now. And specific to Liam, that boy can fill it up. Okay? Like, I know there's been some skepticism around, is he a little overrated? Do you see the five stars here or not? I know this. He's one of the purest shooters in the country. And if he gets the ball with an inch of space, he's going to find a way to put the round thing in the 10 foot thing. That's one of our favorite qualities of college basketball players. So uh, how excited should Indiana fans be that they got Liam McNeely? They should be absolutely through the roof, massively excited. Uh, I'm going to look at the camera right now and I'm going to say this with my heart and soul, Indiana, I'm scared of you. Mike Woodson, I'm I'm so afraid of you. Uh, I think, I think I speak for all the big 10. We are scared of you. Um, I think my one, my one wish though, or not wish necessarily, but the one thing that I think would even make this better for Indiana is if McNeely would have reclassed and joined this year's team. Cause I think he, I think there's a, there's a gaping hole for him with this team. I think that there is. Um, and I, I've thrown out the comparisons of like Gildan brand, Devin Booker, like Tyler hero type game. I mean, he truly does kind of play like those dudes. He does. Like I see like clay Thompson too, with the way his form is perfect and he gets it off quickly and he has the size of six, five and, I, he's just such a good player and you know, he, he fills it up. Like you said, can't teach shooting. You also can't teach him having the size as well. Like he's six, five, six, six. So he can shoot, you know, he's, he's able to get his shot off at any time. He's going to be special in Bloomington. Uh, and I don't know if he'll be there all four years, to be honest with you, but he'll be special in Bloomington. And I think they'll do some good things there. That was big of you to come right out and say, you're afraid of Mike Woodson. I mean, that was I like, am plus 800 to ever happen on this program. <laughs> You've never been afraid of Mike Woodson. I'm, a, I'm like Mike Woodson went toe to toe with Bill Self and said, I want, and said, you know, straight up check ball on recruiting and he, and he beat him. Yeah. There's only a very limited number of people in the country that can do that or yeah. that have done that in the last 10 years. And now Mike Woodson, uh, yeah. he's one. Uh, it's not, I, I said at the top, I don't think this is the end either. Like I think all eyes on Boogie Fland next. Um, 
like on paper, Indiana projects as one of the three most talented teams in this conference next season. And I'm starting to think about like the, the overall talent influx the Big Ten is about to get. Like Rutgers is going to have the number one class in the country. Indiana is right up there. Michigan State is still humming. Like those three programs are going to be insane. And we haven't even mentioned Purdue, who, yeah, is going to lose Zach Eady, but has all this young talent that's going to be back. Um, the Big Ten could maybe be back in a moment. Yeah, and then we're adding like the USC's, you know, they're, they got good talent. I don't claim them. Oh, you're not claiming them. Are, yeah, I can't. Like, are, like if you're, are if you, you never? If you're going to come into the Big Ten and expect respect from me, like don't throw three first half interceptions on the road in Notre Dame. That's not Big Ten behavior. I'm sorry. Okay. Like, it just is what it is. We need to talk about that at some point too, because that's your boy. I mean, you've you've tripled down on him. That was a bad look for your boy. Yeah, that was awful. Terrible. Not, not great. Um. All right, how many – or final Indiana question for me. Do they get – how many of the bigs do they get back next year? They have Kalel Ware. They have Malik Renault, They have Mackenzie Mbako. I know Mbako's not a true big, but whatever. That's their front court. How many of those guys are on the roster a season from now? Who? They could get all three. They could get zero. I think Renault and Mbako come back. Okay. I uh, I hypothesize Mbaka would be back too, but some people were giving me flack for that. They think he's like a no-brainer, one-and-done type. Uh, I mean, I think he could be, but like he would be like – he would get drafted, I think, no matter what he does this season, yeah. just off of his like pedigree, uh, size, things like that. Like someone would take a flyer – on drafting him, like even if it's in the late first, second round, like he would find his way to get drafted. Uh, but I truly think he'll come back. Um, I think Ware's gone after this season, also, no matter what. Um, I think he's, I think if anything, the way they're looking at Mbako, they need to look at Ware. Ware's gone no matter what. I think it's a one season thing. I agree with that for sure. And I think Renault's back no matter what. So the big question yeah. is just Mbako. Um, and I also think that. Because of this McNeely thing, like you said, like they're in on Boogie Flan. They're also in on uh, one of his teammates as well, Derek, uh, Derek Queen. Oh, sorry, I think it might be McQueen or Derek Queen. Um, really good player. I really like him a lot. Uh, he's got really good, like, I mean, he's like kind of an older school, big, like got big body, great footwork, can pass it, do some things. I really like him. Um, actually, speaking of the Big Ten, the last time that I looked, I think he was on Maryland Lean, actually. And I think he's from the DMV area. He'd be really good there as well. So, uh, but I would watch out on Indiana trying to get in on that uh, recruitment and kind of maybe pitch him as the the Liam Le- joining Liam. You know, staying with the Montbird connection as well. Uh, I could see that happening. Yeah, there's just so many elite cores looking forward in the Big Ten right now, like Fears, Booker, Carr at Michigan State, uh, Colvin, Kaufman, Wren, Lawyer, Smith at Purdue. Now you got. McNeely potentially fland Mbako at Indiana, even down to Maryland. It's like Harris Smith, Kaiser. Uh, I don't know who else could be back for them, but that's a loaded group. And then obviously you have McDaniel, Reed, George Washington, the third in Ann Arbor. It's like everybody is oh. just totally loaded. <laughs> hey, uh, you really just tried to sneak that shit in there, didn't you? It's special times. That's crazy. That's uh, crazy. Who's uh final, final Indiana question for me. Let's say they get Mbako back. Mbako, uh-huh. Mbako and McNeely are for sure on the roster. You can also project anybody you want as a recruit that could join. Make a prediction, fine. 
Who's the best player on Indiana next season? Best player? Best player next season. In a world where they have Mbako. I'm going to stick to my guns. Renault. Whoa, that's crazy. I didn't expect that. Renault's the best player on that team. I did not expect that. Okay. I would have for sure thought either Mbako or McNeely is like just instant. Really, really good. I think they're good. I mean, they'll have the stats too, but I just think that Renault will be the, the best player like, I think Renault's a double-double if he plays major minutes. If you're right on that, then I'm back to selling Indiana stock. <laughs> if Malik you know how, best you, player you know how I, you know how I feel about Renault, man. I, if he's your fifth best player, I love your team. If he's your first best player, good luck. Uh, okay, but well, oh, wait, one last thing on Indiana, though. They don't get anybody else, and right. I project guys to leave. A starting lineup next year, how does this move you? You have, let's say, Gabe Cups, Liam McNeely, Renault at the five, and Baco at the four. And then I don't think I'm missing it. I mean, maybe Trey Galloway comes back. I don't know if he can, but I feel like he would if he could. And Trey Galloway is like your three. Where are you at on that team? That's one too many candy stripe Indiana white shooters. If you if you could cut one of those three and say you got two of them mixed in with like another prestigious freshman, I'm all in on that team. I don't think they can be 60% like spot shooting Indiana born child. Like Indiana. I, I just I and McNeely's not that. McNeely's a killer, I know that. But um I yeah, I think you would hope somebody outside of Cups and Galloway can come in and maybe push Galloway to like a sixth man role. Even though I think Galloway could have a really good year this year, but um, yeah, I think at best case scenario to me, you're looking at Fland, McNeely, Renault, Umbaco, whoever you think fits best fifth, like pick cups or pick uh Galloway or somebody else. And to me, that team top five in the country preseason, if that's the lineup, I'm with you. <laughs> Honestly, we could be looking at, I think we could see Rutgers, Michigan state and Indiana all preseason top five next year. That'd be crazy. The times we used to pray for times like this, though. And when that happens, I will be rushing to place a Purdue future immediately. By the way, if you get to tell me everyone project, everyone forgot about Purdue after all of this, I'm all over it. All right, uh, okay, we're gonna move out of the Big Ten, but only out of the Big Ten because Brad Underwood let another killer slip from underneath his watch. <laughs> Jaden Haps is in Georgetown now. We made our list of breakout players for this season, and Jaden Epps was on it specifically because we believe that Jaden Epps is going to be the first option on an Ed Cooley team. And Ed Cooley teams are always competitive. And quite frankly, we liked what we saw last year. You and I have never moved off of that, no matter what the rumors have been, no matter how bad of a teammate it is, how how bad his body language was in the Northwestern game. Fine. I get all that matters. Jaden Epps went to a scrimmage, Georgetown versus Wake Forest. Yes, it's a scrimmage. I get it, whatever. Who cares about these numbers? I care about these numbers. He had 46 points in a scrimmage. Do you know how hard it is to score 46 points in a basketball setting, no matter what that setting is? Like, I I, I don't care. If he's on the court with nine other Division One basketball players in any setting playing kids from another school, and he gets 46 points, that matters yeah. to me. He scored this- Sorry, I was going to. No, 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 no. I got to say something. This isn't a pro am, by the way. I feel like people are approaching like this. This was a scrimmage with a season 20 days away. 
They didn't. They didn't just lot, you know be lackadaisical on defense. He gave them boys forty six. The final score was eighty one to seventy seven, and Jaden Epps had forty six of their eighty one points. He was fifteen for twenty four from the field. He was six for eleven from three, and oh by the way, he chipped in four assists. Sounds like a breakout star point guard to me, Carter. Something that a little program in Champaign could have desperately used. I don't want to make this all about Underwood and his decisions and his roster management. Let's start with just Jaden Epps. Does this swing your expectations for Jaden Epps in a major way this season? I mean, not necessarily because I I kind of thought that he would be a breakout guy for Georgetown. Like he, Georgetown needs a guy like him who can take a lot of shots and make a lot of shots. And there's a lot of shots on this team. And Cooley likes, like you said, he will make it all about Epps too. Like, I think he'll have no problem doing all that. Obviously, if a guy is scoring half of a team's points in a game where they score 80 something, like the coach has no problem trusting him and knowing that that guy can go get buckets. Um, So I, you know, I think that Jay Neffs is in for a really, really big year. And if he is in for a really big year, Illinois fans are going to have to tell themselves, you know, we didn't need him. His body language is bad. He was a bad teammate. Okay. I get that. But, um, you know, can't you work around that? Can't you talk to a guy? Maybe, maybe something that you did is what made him be a bad teammate and made him have an attitude. Maybe he was upset because he guys are playing over him that shouldn't have been playing over him. And he was right about that. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a very long year though. If Jay Neffs like becomes like first team or an all Big East player or something like that, and all while Illinois struggling at the point guard position, so <laughs> gotta choose my words carefully here. I like Illinois is gonna be fine. Illinois is gonna be a good basketball team this year, even without a point guard. Georgetown, I don't think is going to be that good. Like, I'm not overreacting thinking Georgetown is going to factor into the Big East because Jaden Epps had a really good game. I do believe that Jaden Epps is going to be like the face of this Georgetown team, though. And I believe that before hearing these numbers, but like, I'm pretty sure how this is going to work is Jaden Epps is just like their first and second option offensively. And it's going to lead to some really clunky games. Like when Jaden Epps is off and has a bad game, Georgetown's going to really struggle. When Jaden Epps is good, he's going to put up some prolific numbers and he's capable of that. Like he's not necessarily a run the show, make everybody better guy, but man, he scored in double digits 20 times last year as a freshman at Illinois while splitting minutes with Sky Clark for half the year and then getting in the doghouse. Like, that's that's pretty impressive for a guy who was in the doghouse 90% of the season at Illinois. So, like, I don't think production was ever a question with Jaden Epps, especially now that he's going to enter a team that wants him to be individually successful in their attempt to win games themselves. Um, I'd also just point out, man, like, Epps had a Kansas offer and a UConn offer out of high school. Like he had some of the most prestigious guard coaches in the country wanting him to come play for them. Like Epps to me is a guy that even if year one was clunky, you can't let him go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and that's, that's just my biggest pushback on the way Brad does stuff. It's just like, he he's so quick to move off or deprioritize prioritize guys. And I, look, I think it's impossible to have the Epps conversation without talking through the specifics of what we believe happened and what we were told happened here. I was told that in the off season from a reliable source that Jaden Epps and Underwood had meetings 
And Epps wanted to be promised a starting spot on this team. Underwood would not promise him that. At this time, he was also hoping Tiger Campbell was going to hit the portal. Like, Yuri Collins. Like, there were names of superstar guards that Brad Underwood, in his mind, was prioritizing over keeping Jaden Epps. And, look, there are levels to this. I said this in the Discord. Um, I'm not asking him to bend over backwards for a kid that has some iffy personality concerns. I'm not asking that, but the best coaches in the country are capable of doing both. Like I'll point to your coach cart. Like he, he gets a big rap as a guy who would never go in the portal, even though Joey Hauser was from the portal. Tyson Walker's an all American. He's from the portal. He tried to get two role players from the portal last year. He just retains his players while doing it. <laughs> and he he's crafted this narrative of like, I'm loyal to my guys. Brad Underwood has crafted a narrative of the opposite. Brad Underwood has crafted a narrative of, I'm always going to replace my guys with better guys. And that works when you get better guys. It doesn't work when the better guys come in and they're worse players than Jay Naps. And I, I don't care what people want to say. Every single player on Illinois this year that's going to step on the court in the backcourt that's not Terrence Shannon is a worse basketball player than Jaden Epps. It is what it is. And you gave up potentially three years of that because you wanted to flirt with Tiger Campbell, who didn't even want to play college basketball. That's what was going on here. And that's what I believe happened here. Do you Is that your read on the situation too? Because maybe I'm just blind and I'm crazy and I'm messing this up. No, I, I truly do think that is the read on the situation. I think a lot of Illinois fans are kind of saying, like, I mean, but you see what happened with guys who have issues. I mean, Car- Carbello had like the the off, you know, the personality kind of issues. It was a it was a completely different situation. I feel like Carbello is one of one person, which is how his personality is. You know, uh, th- there's so many different types of basketball players. To me, a freshman has issues thinking he should play, maybe being a bad teammate. Is that not like part of being a freshman sometimes? I get like it, it's not an excuse for him, but like that happens as a freshman. Like maybe that's something you get past, you look back on and you laugh at it. You're like, oh, that that happened. But I don't know. Just to let basically let a guy like Jay Nips, Jay Nips walk just seems like a bad decision to me. It's honestly, it seemed like a bad decision at the time before he even did this with with you know having the big big game with Georgetown just because I don't know you're having this situation where you're scrambling for a point guard when you have a point guard who's been in your system and wants to play for you but he just wants some type of I mean I don't even know like if the word was guaranteed spot but like it's not out of pocket for Jay Neps to want like some type of statement like hey I'm sticking with you I did this freshman year with you I want to be a I want to be a part of this team I like I want to be the point guard for this team I just feel like maybe some leeway or some kudo point should be given to him for one stay. And you basically said, no, I'm good. I don't want you to stay. Or I'm not, I'm not promising you. I'm not promising you that you're going to be the point guard of this team, which I don't know. Like it, it doesn't seem to me outside looking in hindsight, 2020, like that would have been the worst thing to say to him. Yeah. Just promise it. <laughs> yeah. Not, I'm it. not advising and, to and, make and every promise. And, but... and if you get somebody else like Yuri Collins, then break the promise. All right. 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 <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You can do both. It's a balance. And I just, I don't think Brad's willing to play that game. And that says something good about Brad. It says he's genuine. It says he's honest, but I think that can be to a fault of his own roster building sometimes. Um, Final question for me on this. Oh, no, real quick. I want to say the, like people have pointed back to, Oh, check his body language in the Northwestern game. I'm sorry, Cart. You can tell me if I'm overstepping here. 
I am body language PhD guy. Okay. <laughs> like that's, that is my specialist, my major, whatever you want to call it. I never saw anything that was worth like, we need to cut ties with Jay Neps from. Did he pout in the Northwestern game? Yes. He wanted to be on the floor. He wasn't on the floor. Some people have said he refused to go back in the game. I don't believe that for a second. I just believe that it, it, it was body language stuff. And the sources that we have within the program have never told us otherwise. You don't cut ties with a guy because of that. Okay. Like last year's team in general was toxic as hell. You know who else pouted? Matthew Meyer. He played every game at all times. Like you can't have a double standard with guys with personality issues. Some of the best Illinois players in the last five years have been guys that pout. It is what it is. And uh, back to Ty Rogers whole thing. This whole off season was, well, we got good people in the locker room. Finally, we going to see if good people's better than good basketball players. And uh, you don't, I mean, you, you, like you lost a guy that just can go for 46 in a game. That's what just happened. <laughs> Does Ty Rogers scored 46 points in his career? There's a, re- there's a reason why there's not a good people section on box scores. It's crazy to me. Um, final question. If Jaden Epps was on Illinois, how would that alter your preseason expectations for them? I would probably have them as my third. Third team in the Big Ten. I would have them clearly three. I would have them fringe top ten in the country if Jaden Epps was just the starting guard on this team. It's crazy. Like I fringe top ten in the country too. I think it would have mattered, man. If you if you were telling me the team was just Epps, Shannon, Hawkins, Danger, with all the rest of the depth pieces they added, but they have Epps. Like they have the one thing I've been saying they're missing, and they had it under their umbrella, and they let it go for no reason. Or for reasons, but reasons I disagree with. Like it just, it solves so much of what I was asking for. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the scrimmage means nothing, and Epps will flame out, and Georgetown will be horrible. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. But I think, uh, I mean, I just laughed so hard when I saw. Like the first thing I see is that he attempts twenty-four shots from the floor, super efficient with four assists and forty-six points in a win. Against Wake Forest, like that's after Illinois fans spent all summer trying to tell me Epps didn't matter. That's insane, insane. Yeah, classic. Moving on, final topic of the day. Uh, Ken Palm numbers are out. You have really fluctuated on your feelings on Mr. Ken Pomeroy. He came on our show when we were nothing. He was one of the first people to give us his blessing as a guest. I want to make it unequivocally clear. I love Ken Palm. I'm a fan of his work. I subscribe to his site and I love Ken Pomeroy, the person I speak for both of us on sleepers media. When I say that with that said, Ken Palm numbers are out. There are some major discrepancies specifically with where your team lands on Ken Palm's projections versus preseason polls. What are your thoughts on Ken Palm's first drop? Uh, he needs to change the batteries in his TI 84 something's wrong. Something's off in the algorithm. Somebody did something. Maybe he looked away from his keyboard and he put a E equals MC squared instead of something else because there's no world. There's no computer. There's no nothing that Michigan state should be the 13th best basketball team in the country. And I don't want to make this about Michigan state either because Gregory don't make that face. I want to make some face. other, there's some other things on here that are just like, just crazy to me. Like I think Wisconsin was 20. It's just, I, it's just some very strange things going on. I think the batteries need to be changed in the calculator. I think it's time to bring back the Kevin Durant tweet 
who wants to look at grass when talking about hoop. Um, it's just it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. And it, it, it furthers my narrative that I'm not going to speak about on here. But the narrative is alive and well. And this is added to the added to the narrative vault. Look, we have the joke. Maybe it's not a joke. Hashtag not a math podcast. I love Ken Palm. I want to make it clear. Like I, I use Ken Palm and all the alternatives to Ken Palm daily to help with my betting projections, to help with the way I interpret basketball. I think it's the greatest tool literally that there is. It has helped people talk more educationally sound about the sport of college basketball for years and years and years. Uh, I am going to push back on you majorly here. Is Michigan State low? Yeah, they're a little bit low. They're also right where you would expect a team that's lost 13 games the last three seasons to be. It, it is yeah, what it I thought, is. I thought, I, I thought we were going one episode without the 13 loss game. It game. is what it is, man. Like we've we've said all along, Michigan State needs to make the jump. They haven't made the jump yet. We can't reward them for not making the jump until they make the jump. And we can we can project if we're making our lists of teams, we can say we think they're going to make the jump, but. Like, as far as I know, the way that Ken Pop's algorithm works, it's rooted in a lot of what you've done. And what Michigan State has done has not even been close to 13th in the country. So this is like a nice middle ground for a team that I think is supposed to make a leap. But we just don't know if the leap is all the way up to four. But is that your big problem? Because if that's just the one thing you think is crazy on this, like, again, I, I, I think there's a gap between where a lot of people have pulled Michigan State versus what they've done the last three years. Well, I I mean, there's a lot, I think. I think Houston's too high at three. I think Gonzaga being five is crazy high. Duke being nine seems low to me. Like, they're all the things that have been talked about about that team. Like, them being nine uh, kind of crazy to me. Uh, um, uh, you know, but there are, are some things I like. I like Kentucky in the top 25. I don't think a lot of people have Kentucky in the top 25. Uh, Auburn at 15 is a little bit. I mean, I, there's just there's a couple on here that just that sh- that strike me. Um, but he does have what is, it, what is it four Big Ten teams in the top 25? Uh, was it was Michi- it four or five? Purdue, per- Purdue, Michigan State, five Illinois, Wisconsin, Maryland. 19, oh, Illinois, Wisconsin, 20, and Maryland. Yeah, yeah, Illinois, wow, Illinois being on there is surprising to me too. Haven't like over you haven't said the big thing. Purdue is Ohio, the Ohio State. Purdue's the number one team in the country on Ken Palm. And like it, I mean, everywhere else it's Kansas or Duke with Purdue kind of clinging and everyone's selling Matt Painter. Like and it's not just Ken Palm. You can look at other numbers. Evan Miyakawa has Purdue number one. He has Braden Smith as the ninth best player in his player ratings model in the country. Um, Torvik is really high on Purdue. Like Purdue, Purdue is everywhere right now. According to the computers, Purdue is the computer's team. They've also been my team. I don't know if you know that or not. Over the last three, I've been the loudest person saying people are too skeptical of Purdue for no reason. I feel a little reinforced that all the computers are are with me on Purdue. I will not be speaking about that team on this episode. I'm there's taking a, a break. There's a larger gap between Purdue and Michigan State than there is between Michigan State and Ohio State, who is the sixth best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. Didn't he have Ohio State at 40? Uh, 35. 35. And you know who's trailing Ohio State? Michigan. Huh. Uh, seventh? Seventh in the Big Ten for Michigan? Huh. Mm-hmm. I thought we I thought they were 13th behind Nebraska, according to most people. Huh. 
I see why you like Kenny Pom Pom. I'm just I'm fascinated. I mean, 44th in the country feels pretty appropriate for what I would expect from this mission. I was just told they were 13th behind Nebraska from a lot of people, though. So, huh? Huh? Who, who told you that? CBK? Huh. Uh, right. You know who's lower than Michigan? Indiana. Huh? Ah. <laughs> huh. Good thing. Good thing the Indiana fans will get to the the Liam McNeely part first before they get to that. Interesting. I mean, pick ninth in the Big Ten, Indiana, really, huh? That seems like right around the cut line of the NCAA tournament, huh? Huh. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, bottom line, a lot of my offseason narratives were reinforced by these Ken Palm numbers, and I uh, I feel really, really good about that. The only one that's in contrast with me is Wisconsin so high. I'm selling Wisconsin. He has them at 20, but. All right, so uh, uh, bench start cut. Evan Miyakawa, Ken Palm, and Torvik. Hmm. I'm starting Evan Mia. That's my guy. Uh, I'll bench Ken Palm and, and can I? You said cut. Yeah, it's cut. Yeah. It's cut Torvik. I was gonna see if there's okay. something harsher I could do to Torvik, but uh, man never responded to our DMs years ago. Ken Palm. See, that's, that's why you can't be so harsh against Ken, man. Like he, he was so kind and grateful to come on our show. Yeah. But he, he made a mistake though. <laughs> what? He didn't know who he, he didn't know who we were. He thought we were somebody else. And he hopped on the zoom. He's like, who the, who the hell are these guys? I don't think that's, but he, but he, but he was already there. Uh, that's pretty easy for me. Um, I'm starting, uh, Evan Miyakawa, Maradona, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Benching Torvik, I'm cutting Kempom. It's 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 giving Paul Pierce on the Clippers. Okay, it, it really is. Do you think that Kempom knows that AJ Hogard is who he is? No, he doesn't. I feel like that's that's my big question after looking at these. I feel like Kempom just doesn't. I mean, he must just think AJ isn't who he is. You know, it, it just doesn't. The dog in him, woof woof, factor just. You can't put that into the algorithm. Yeah, I heard he hit some threes in Midnight Madness. That's worth at least three spots. They should be tenth on this list. All right, uh, shout out. Ken wait, please, oh, wait, last thing about March Madness. Please tell me you saw that Jeremy Fears backdoor alley oop. I actually didn't. All I saw from this event was uh, the Cohen car. That's all I saw. Oh. I saw all the. All I'll, the send, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you the link to the the, the Madness game. We have scrimmage. the whole scrimmage, right? Yeah, at yeah, some point, it's 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 very scrimmagey. It's very money ball-y, but there's some stuff in there. You should send it to me, and then we should talk about it later this week because I have heard rumblings that a certain McDonald's All American is not even in the top ten on this team. So, uh, maybe worth a discussion on that. Possibly, or maybe not. We can just pretend it's not happening, and everything's good for the thirteenth best team in the country. We can do that. Too. Oh God, God we can do that too. What uh, are we doing? One big thing or not? You want to just leave? We can just leave today. Can we just say that the Lions are the best team in the NFL? Why don't we just do one big thing? What's your one big thing percent of my <laughs> My one big thing is that the Lions are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I think we can almost say it now. Yeah, they are. And Jared Goff is an MVP candidate. Wow. Should I place a future? Yeah. Wow. You should. You should. Jared Goff leads the what is it, 17 games, leads the 14 and three Lions. To a number one seed, wins the division, Jared Goff MVP, Dan Campbell coach of the year. It really is so fun. 
It is so, and like they're on the street while everybody's banged up. I mean, you just lose David Montgomery mid game in a game he was going to get thirty carries, and oh well, still waltz to a fourteen point road win. Like somebody, yeah. and, somebody and, and, and all the video and all the videos from Tampa Bay, like just have me emotional. Like Lions, we like people don't get how long we've waited for something like this. Like there is so much, so many jokes, so many losses, like a lot of shit. We had to go through to get to this point, and it's amazing. Can we go on record right now and say that if the Lions are in the word I'm not going to say for risk of jinxing, if the Lions make it to the blank, you and I will be there and film the whole thing? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm verbally agreeing to that. My one big as thing. Long as, 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 as long as we don't step on any, you know, toes. My, my one big thing. I don't know what that means. My one big thing presented by Big B. Um, yeah, I think you're, you're going to like this one. I had a dream last night. This is how you know college basketball season's almost here. Guess what my dream was? I want you to guess. A certain player in college basketball did something. The first play of the season was this play. Doug McDaniel got a dunk. Carson Cooper hit a three on the first play of the game in my dream last night. That was your dream. I don't know what it means, but it was like like I I was at a, literally a wing spot here in Kalamazoo. It was the first game of the season. I was all excited for it. Roll the ball out. Carson Cooper is surprised starting at the four for this team. Don't expect that. But him and Madi are the front court. First play, kick out. Carson, bang. <laughs> Everybody goes nuts. I don't know how to feel about that, but I'm also extremely rattled. Like, what if that does happen? I'll be very scared of you. That's I I woke up immediately like what is happening to my life. Uh, I don't know what it means, but college basketball season's almost here. Join the Discord. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed five topics today. Uh fun episode. I'll see you in Vegas, Cart. Have uh, safe travels, my friend. Put it all on black. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.